Hey, it's Fran Harris, founder of Athletes Who Mean Business. Our company empowers current and retired athletes to monetize their brands and expertise and build big businesses. This show answers one question. How can you leverage your sports celebrity and even non-sports talent and skills to have greater impact, influence, and income? If you're ready to play on a bigger stage, you're in the right place at the right time. Be sure to subscribe and review the podcast. Here's today's episode. Great to hear all of you on the call today, um, but we want to go ahead and, and preserve the quality of the call on your end. We can't hear you, of course, but we want to make sure that there are not that many distractions and disruptions for you all so that you can get the quality of the call that that you deserve for getting on with us. And we're going to get started just as soon as my co-host, Milana Leshinsky, gets on the line. Thank you for joining the call. We're going to be talking about the 10, 10 of the top marketing mistakes that event promoters, producers seminars and workshop leaders make when they're marketing their events. So hang tight. We'll get started here in a second. Well, I'm the one who couldn't get in of all the people. <laughs> so somebody asked, what's the difference between hosting a virtual event and a live event? This is what it is. <laughs> Sometimes you cannot get to your own virtual event, and that's definitely, that's right. definitely an issue. So are you ready? I am. We got the recording, and we're straight. We're great. Yes, we're good. All right. So thank you so much. So many people registered. It's incredible. We, we've we been planning to do this call for a while, and I'm so glad that there is interest because there's a lot of good information we're going to share with you guys today. First of all, my name is Milana Lashinsky, and I have my good friend, friend Harris, on the line, who we already met. And we are both entrepreneurs. I'm going to introduce friend, and I'm just going to tell you that, first of all, Fran is an amazing entrepreneur. She's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and the more I spend time with her, the more I just fall in love with everything she does. And, and her mind is brilliant, and she is just uh, a joy to be with uh, as an entrepreneur and learn from and get inspired by. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Fran, you just go to www.franharris.com. So welcome, Fran, and I'm excited to do this with you today. Excited to do it with you, too. I want everybody to think about this. Imagine if your life was like this. You worked about four to five hours a day. You went to meet your friends for coffee. Um, you, you didn't use an alarm clock. You worked from a beautiful home office, and you loved Mondays. Well, that's the reality of my co-host today, Milana Leshensky, who's also the creator of Coaching Millions, which many of you have heard of, and, and way too many other programs, terrific programs to mention right now. But I'm really thrilled to be doing this with Milana um, because, as she said, you know, it's great when entrepreneurs get together and we never have a shortage of ideas that we exchange either, either over the phone or through emails. But quite honestly, what I love about Milana is that she's she's got great energy, but most important to me is that she's a woman of great integrity. So, ladies and gentlemen and future million-dollar event promoters, join me in extending a virtual high-five to my co-host, Milana Leshensky. Wow. Thank you. Woo-hoo, I can you got, well, you got it. What it sounds like on stage uh, when exactly. you do your own event, you, you get to be on stage, on platform, it's pretty incredible. It's an incredible feeling. Um, one of the things that I um, I want to say before we dive into the top ten mistakes is that uh, when people find out that I consider myself an introvert, they're very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said to me on Twitter, well, no, I saw the pictures of you at events. You could not be more social. <laughs> uh, but actually, especially if you're an introvert, it's awesome to do your own events because you get to run the show you get to be um, there uh, in front of your people. Everybody knows you. You are the star of the show, and there's, you know, there's this, there's something very special about that. And I know you feel the same way, friend, because you do your own events and you are on TV all the time. So that that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what I love about doing events. I love sharing events with other people where there are multiple speakers, and we're going to talk about that when we talk a little bit about the formats of your events, those of you who are on the line. But I also love the fact that when I do my own events, I actually get to teach a lot of the the, the things from the, the principles and, and philosophies from the products that so many of my clients and customers buy. So I enjoy both of them, and I think there are virtues and merits to both of them, and hopefully we'll have enough time to get into some of that. So I'm excited. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. We are covering top 10 killer mistakes that event owners make 
to keep uh, that, that keep their rooms empty, basically. That's our biggest focus today, especially in this economy. How do you fill your event? So I'm going to start right from mistake number one, and that is uh, actually was the, the, the question that a lot of people asked uh, when, when you guys uh, submitted your registration. That was one of the probably top uh, three questions, and that is can you really market your event without a mailing list? And I'm going to say that it is very difficult to market your event without a mailing list or access to a mailing list. You must have a mailing list of your own or have access to it. Uh, in other words, partner with people who do have a mailing list or purchase a mailing list of the people you're trying to reach um, or build your own in-house mailing list. And that is probably most responsive when it's your own. I've uh, talked to a lot of people and um, one of the things we're going to be talking about is you know, timing, you know, how far out to market it. Uh, and I always say, well, I start marketing three months before my event, and other people look at me like I'm crazy. Well, what do you mean three months ahead? Um, you know, I, I have to wait for six months for people to even respond to me. So the most responsive mailing list is when you build it yourself, one person at a time, or if you do some kind of a joint venture with somebody, but at least people get on your mailing list by way of getting value uh, from you, valuable information, something free that you're giving away. But in-house mailing list is the most responsive. Now, if you've been struggling to build a list, the root of the problem lies in a couple of different areas. And the biggest one is in the next mistake I'll share with you in just a moment. And I'll actually give you a couple of specific tips to get your list built in the next 30 to 90 days. So, Fran, do you have any feedback on, on mailing list and the whole idea of building creating your own event when you don't have a mailing list? What do you do? Well, the the first thing I say is that everybody has a mailing list. I know you may not see it as a mailing list, but all of us have address books. And I was actually teaching a course last night where I was saying, okay, so for those of you who perceive that you don't have a mailing list, open your mail client, open your AOL or whoever you use, and look at that little icon that says address book. If you haven't necessarily built an online and opt-in list, that is your beginning mailing list. So everybody on this call has a beginner mailing list, and it is your address book. Those are the people, sometimes they're family, sometimes they're friends. We don't even know who they are. Most people have no clue as to who all the who who all makes up their their address book but that's the place to start and so when you start to market your events the first place to go is to download or to to copy and paste all of those names and email addresses in that address book client and start your marketing there so the big mistake the B part of yours Milana is that people forget that they have an address book and they don't really tap into that warm list of people who who are already on their computer and it's interesting because with so many social media tools right now, I know this is a whole other conversation of you know creating your event and marketing with social media, but this is huge right now. I didn't have anybody uh, in my uh, database of followers on Twitter, and three weeks later, I got what 11, almost 1,100 people following me uh, <laughs> just because I participate. The same thing with Facebook, probably even better because you can actually directly contact these people, invite them to your event. Um, I got people to join me for this event from Facebook alone. I think like 45, 50 people registered. So, I mean, starting your list is very simple. We're going to talk about the, the, a little tweak that I'm going to teach you to get it built faster in just a few moments. So do right. you want to move on to the second mistake? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, you know, we, th those of you on the call, you should know, Milana started and I started out just making a big list of all the mistakes and, <laughs> and pretty much had to say, okay, we have to stop, we have to stop, we got to narrow this down to five. And so it's, as I look at our list, I look at my list, I think the one that would be great to kind of segue from with yours is marketing was one of the big themes that came up with everybody. When we ask you what your, your biggest question or challenge was in, in filling your room or getting to market your event, a lot of people overwhelmingly said marketing, just very basically. So my, one of my mistakes is that most people don't use a multi-channel marketing strategy. And what I mean by that is that they either do all of one thing and nothing of anything else. So they only do email marketing or they only do pay-per-click or they only do website marketing, but the best way to fill your room is to do a little bit of everything. You do a little bit of Twitter. You do a little bit of Facebook. You do a little bit of YouTube and video marketing. You do email marketing so that people are being hit 
from all different ways. They're, they're being hit from all different kinds of vehicles, and that is the best way. I've gotten speaking engagements from Twitter. I've gotten people who've shown up at events at the day of an event because they saw a tweet. And I've also gotten people who've, who've seen YouTube videos that they shared with their friends. So if I'd just done one of those things, there's a great chance that I wouldn't have had the broad-based effect from marketing for my event that I got from doing probably 10 to 12 different small marketing tactics. So the big mistake is doing only one thing. Now, you may do that well, but if you're not doing a little bit of everything well, then you're missing out on butts that can be in the seats in your event. I, I completely agree with you. Actually, I so much relied on email marketing alone because, you know, I have a virtual business. Obviously, I do everything online. And that really um, limited me to the number of opportunities and the different um, modalities in which I could reach people. Mm -hmm. And with so many affordable ways right now that you can reach uh, audience, it's incredible. It's incredibly simply. Now, depending on what kind of budget you have, you don't have to use direct mail because that is probably the most costly solution. But adding even postcards is simple enough for um, somebody on a budget. So uh, people need to see you. You know how they say seven times? Uh, That's really not accurate when it comes to live events. People really need to see or hear about your event many more times than that. Uh, And it's not unheard of for somebody who knows what they're doing to get in touch with their prospects 30 to 50 times or more before the event actually starts. Um, you know, so don't be worried about uh, quote unquote bugging your people. It, people who need to hear about your event will appreciate hearing about it. I mean, I had a lot of thank yous from people who uh, really wanted this teleseminar. They wanted to attend this, um, and they were appreciative of reminders and multiple um, places where we mentioned this teleseminar. You know, I've marketed on Twitter, on Facebook, to my own uh, uh, customers and prospects, and, and so did friends. So uh, people really appreciate, but only the people who truly need your information. So don't be right. worried about you know, sending way too many different things out there. Um, people will appreciate it, and if they are not interested, they just won't respond. That's it. Yep. Words, the worst thing that can happen, they'll leave your list. And I, I, it's, it's really it's sort of like a side note. I used to be worried when people – left my Popped list. It out. Now, I, now I sort of <laughs> celebrated, okay, one more person who is not interested in what I'm doing, and they they have <laughs> self-disqualified themselves from my uh, my world, and that's fine. Yep, yep. Yeah. I agree so, completely. So that, that's really great. I actually thought we would leave it for later, but that was an awesome uh, mistake to mention, not relying on one um, channel, but using multiple channels. Let me move on to the third mistake. And this is probably, in my mind, truly is the, uh, you know, in the top three. So uh, a lot of people ask me about the best topic for seminars and workshops, but the topic is really secondary. What's most important is that the the mistake that people make is that they don't specify a well-defined target audience for the Mm -hmm. event. Target market is the most important to define first, and then, you know, the more specific you are, the better. I actually held an event with a couple of my partners several years ago. It was my first event. I was so scared to put a live event together. I would have never done it alone, but I partnered with two other entrepreneurs. And I have to be honest with you, I, you know, I'm not going to say the names of the partners or the event, but we were struggling to fill the room. And the reason that happened was because the three of us had very diverse mailing lists. So we tried to appeal to multiple groups of people with one event. And we generalized the group as entrepreneurs and service professionals. Uh, can, can you hear my laughing? <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurs and service professionals. I mean, that's a very broad group. And so this was way too broad to create a hot event. And we ended up with a room half empty. Really, now I learned a lot of ropes behind putting together a live event, but you know that was a, a big mistake to learn, or a big lesson to learn uh, at that point. Now understand why people go to live events. They go there to be with like-minded people to learn strategies specific to the industry or specific to their situation, um, to be immersed in the community, the environment, and the material that will help them make a certain transformation. 
So they want everything to be relevant to them. And if they can't connect to your marketing on a personal level, they just won't come. Mm -hmm. Um, So lack of specific target audience is also the reason why you may be struggling to build your mailing list in the first place. People don't want that general advice on life or business or relationships or career. They want something very specific. And one of the reasons that we decided to hold this free event is to really identify people who are interested in this topic. We didn't hold a general, you know, how to build your business teleseminar. We pinpointed a very specific topic. So if you want to build your list faster, here's what I suggest. Ask yourself what kind of list you want to create and then identify something very specific that would attract these people. Not general, specific. For example, if you wanted to create a workshop for people who want to advance their careers and you're a career expert or maybe a career coach, um, then set up a mini website where you give away something very specific like tips for successful salary negotiation. You know, this is a very specific topic. You might even go as far as narrowing the, the industry, which will always work better, by the way. For example, um, successful salary negotiation in the medical field. Okay, So that will get your, uh, the attention of the people who are just right for your type of expertise. And frankly, you know, once your list is built, you can actually charge more for the seminar or the workshop because it's so specialized, it's so relevant mm-hmm. to them. Now, once you have the website up, start driving traffic there. You can submit a couple of articles, you know, really well-written articles um, to relevant websites. I know that some people are crazy about, you know, 100 articles in, in 100 days, is it? Something like that. I really believe that two high-quality articles will get you more um, – notice in your field than 100 articles um, with with less effort. You can also offer maybe a free teleseminar to relevant associations. You can work with a search engine specialist to actually get your website visibility on Google, depending on what your budget is. But 30 to 90 days of focused effort in terms of bringing people to your free giveaway site, the way that I just described will absolutely grow your list by at least 1,000 people or more. This is a very conservative estimate. And these are just some very basic strategies. But if you focus on, if you really want to build your list, stop doing generic stuff. Focus. And by the way, let's say that you are specializing in salary negotiations. It does not mean that you're only going to work with medical professionals. You can set up a website for medical professionals, and you can set up a website for insurance professionals, and you can set up a website or you know giveaway for uh, legal professionals. Whatever it is, but every website talks to one particular professional. So I hope that makes sense, friends. Yeah, that's great. You know, and what's interesting, you're talking about specificity. Um, People are still attempting to to be all things to all people, and you just can't do that, specifically when you're attempting to get people into a room. So as I listened to the things that you were talking about and, and really speaking to what people's challenges are, what their problems are, I can segue into my big mistake, which is most event promoters, and I will speak certainly from experience when I first started doing my own events, most event promoters do not know these two very important things. So if you're jotting down notes or you're on your computer, be sure you get these. They do not know their target audience's biggest problem, and they do not know their target audience's most pressing question. Okay, let me repeat that. They don't know their biggest problem, and they don't know their most pressing question. If you'll notice, Milan and I sent out the, the email, the website says, tell us the most you know, pressing challenge or whatever, however we worded it, about this this topic. It wasn't, you know, what's your big question about a general topic? It was very specific. And so that's exactly what all of you have to do. You have to know, if you've identified your target audience, great, bravo. But you have to know those two things. What is their biggest problem? What is the thing that's stopping them from getting to their perceived next level? And what is the question, that burning question that they need an answer to? And so then you start to get some specificity within your target audience. And then, I mean, we could, we're going to talk a lot in our teleseminar about what you do with that information, but that's where it starts. It really starts with knowing what is, what is bugging this person? What is it that they perceive is, is keeping them from that six or seven figure payday? What is it that's keeping them only at three registrations for their event? 
Um, so whatever that question or that problem is, you've got to get to that. And honestly, people say, well, how do you do that? Just ask. If you ever want to know something about your target market, just ask. And one tool that you can use, most of you are probably familiar with it, is, is there are a lot of survey. There are a lot of survey resources online, but we use SurveyMonkey. They actually have a free version, SurveyMonkey, just as it sounds, SurveyMonkey.com. There are lots of other free free um, solutions out there. But if you're starting your own teleseminar, your own seminar business or whatever it is, the first thing you should do after you put up your website is the question. Tell me, you know, give us your most pressing challenge or what is the biggest problem you have in this area so that your audience can start telling you what they need from you. And you can start to use those things. We're not going to talk about it right now. You can start to use those things as product creation, stimulus things. You know, they, those those people are basically telling you what they need products on or what they need teleseminars on or what they need speakers, what you should put in terms of speakers at your event. So let the market, let the marketplace, let your audience drive you. Huge mistake is not asking your audience what's stomping them right now. And if you have any doubt about what topic um, just put it out there as a free teleseminar. I mean, I'm thrilled to see this much response to this topic. 300-plus um, people. I mean, 300-plus yeah, people. And people are still registering, by the yes. way. People yes. People come back from the weekend. So uh, we clearly hit a hot button for people <laughs> who want to do their own events, not sure how to get started. But yeah. if you're not sure what topic you want uh, and you have certain topics in mind, just run a free teleseminar. I've seen some topics that were submitted by several people that I know will not pull people even for free teleseminars. They're very mm-hmm. very generic. Uh, they may also be very um, too soft. You know, people are people. No matter what profession they're in, what country they live in, most people, 90% of people, are motivated by the same types of things. Money, beauty, uh, what else? Wealth. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, something about money and something about beauty, which also implies weight loss, health, um, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But you, you, even um, romance, romance. Thank you. Uh, that's another <laughs> one. You know, love, finding the you know the yep. eight in your life. But no matter what it is, uh, what it is you're selling, you you need to find a way to connect it to one of those, you know, two, three, five hot topics that everybody wants um you know i've seen james malinchuk speak from stage and he was actually teaching you you can turn around any topic connected to the biggest benefit that people want to gain if it's parenting if it's um life design uh if it's career um if it's taking care of your elderly parent anything you do can be connected to one of those topics so you just need to find a way to do that effectively let me move on to my uh, to my next mistake are we on uh, number 6 at this point yep okay so the the mistake number 6 is not creating excitement and emotion around your event not creating excitement and emotion around your event. Never forget that no matter how useful a topic is or how much people really need to hear your message, when it comes to actually making their decision to buy, they respond to your event marketing with emotion. So your goal is to create an event and and market your event in a way that emotionally connects with people, pushes their hot buttons of what they most desire. And what I found is that the best emotion to create is excitement. People don't want to go to events where they have to work. Even if if they actually have to work a little bit there, if it's a boot camp or some kind of a learning event, they don't want to go there if they know they're going to have to work hard. In fact, anytime I look at an event and I see, you know, this is going to be four grueling days, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to <laughs> I think I'll stay away from that. I'll stay away from that. <laughs> Unless it's a topic that, you know, I really, really feel like it's going to transform me. So that's always a side note or a sidebar. Um, you need to understand what your audience truly wants. Now, if you focus entirely on teaching your information, you'll be missing out on a lot of potential participants who want to be educated, but they also want an experience. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I learned by holding my event is that people want to have fun. Um, <laughs> even if you are putting an event for corporate executives, they will love your refreshing, memorable event whatever you do for them. So the event itself needs to be more than just about learning information. But also when you market your event, it's important to create excitement with your marketing. So you can do that with maybe releasing exciting videos about your topic. Uh, do a video about your speakers. Um, do a video on location, you know, about your location. 
you can throw in some exciting bonuses or hold a live teleseminar introducing your event and the benefits of attending. This is not time to hold back or be modest or be quiet. People don't attend events unless they're excited about it. So that's one of the cool things I see event marketers do is, um, you know, give you a break uh, for bringing a friend. So you could also have fun and make it a social experience for yourself. So do whatever you can that will stir up emotion and excitement around the topic of your event and the event itself. So anytime you go to any event, normally, you know, uh, statistics show that people will remember all these receptions and the fun pieces, not the learning. The learning sort of, you know, you either learn or you don't, you either apply or you don't, but the uh, emotion that connects you to the event and makes you, you know, one of the questions was how do you get people to come back over and over again? This is what really connects people. One of the things I did at my last um, summit, actually, was um, create a mastermind experiment where I, I teamed people up in groups of their choice. They got to choose their own mastermind team. And, you know, there were uh, 30 mastermind teams left home um, ten of them continue to mastermind, and only one of them actually is, you know, people are still together. But they're coming back to meet their friends, to see their friends again, sort of a, a reunion. And that's awesome, okay, because that's what really creates this, right. this uh, you know, experience and mm-hmm. memorable event. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, add to the the creating the experience is the piece. It, it, it will help you. Not only will it help you, address that issue with the people who are at your event, but it will drive other people to come to your event. Milana will tell you that there I don't do anything without recording it. And most you know, my preference is to always have a video camera. I have a video camera with me almost everywhere I go. A seven year old basketball game, um a <laughs> dinner, I always have a video camera with me. There's no better way to show people what kind of event, what kind of experience you're creating for people than to show them, to literally figuratively show them what kind of experience the people at your events have, which leads me to my uh, mistake that people do is that they don't videotape. They don't videotape. You never want to have an event, whether that's virtual or personal or physical, where you don't videotape it. That is like cardinal sin, event sin number one. You always want to videotape because there are so many different things you can do with that video, which I talk a lot about when I'm teaching people how to create their products is when you have video, you, you've automatically got the audio from your event that you can use in your podcast or you can put, you know, put online as a streaming audio. You automatically can take that video and get the, the words from that as a transcription and use that. But most importantly, when you have a video camera at your event, you can get testimonials that you can literally use after your events. But what we do is we use our video to promote if an event is, say, going on for multiple days, we use video from day one. We'll get it online and stream it, get it on YouTube, and all. So people can say, "Oh, what they're missing out on." So not only are we using it for archive to say, "Hey, you want to be at Fran's event next year," but we're saying if there is any way for you to get here for the last three days of this event, look at what you're missing out on. And it is a very, very powerful marketing tool. We've gotten you know 10 percent, 15 percent more registrants simply by getting a a little small cheap video camera, most of you have heard of a flip cam, a flip camera, and just saying, tell people what you've learned on the first day or tell people what experience you had on the first day. So you always want to have a video camera at every single event that you do. Don't worry about it being slick. It doesn't need to look like it was you know, produced by the Today Show. All you need to do is to capture the moment. And if you capture people seeing and experiencing this 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 thing you've created at your event, you are helping yourself to do phenomenal marketing, not only for future events, but for that event as well. So always have a video camera. And I'm thinking that for people who are just starting out, they're wondering, well, if I have like five people in the audience, do I still get a camera or do I still get it videotaped? And absolutely. (laughs) Um, You most certainly do. (laughs) You absolutely want to do that because even when you have almost no people in the room, you still are able to videotape yourself uh, for demos, for posting clips on YouTube, and get testimonials from people who are there. Um, and actually, you know, if you feel like you're on a very low budget, I'll, I'm going to play Tom Antian for a second. He will he will probably actually tell you to go to a local college, find a student who will do it for 20 bucks, you know, 
videotape your workshop or uh, another option is to get a, a wedding videographer. Uh, if you are just starting out especially, never get a, an actual business commercial uh, videographer. Get somebody who does weddings. Uh, their rates are much lower. And get somebody local, and they will come out and tape your whole event for uh, you know very inexpensively. But you never want to lose that recording, um, the video recording, because that is the basis, the foundation, the starting point of your material. Um, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me move on to the next one. And by the way, uh, Milana, I think yes. we're on uh, one, two, three, four, five. I think this is your this is seven right here. I think it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is number eight because you did the really cover. yes okay <laughs> i hope somebody is keeping track but anyway oh good okay uh, well so you should have told me that because i'm like okay well, she was one i was two she was three and we'll give them a bonus at the end that way we make sure we got it <laughs> <laughs> right. awesome so the next mistake is not investing in great copy great sales that are for your event website this is huge, and I don't really spare any expense to get this one done right. Copywriting is a conversation for a whole other call, but most mm-hmm. people can, can do everything right in terms of bringing people to their event website and still not, a, not fill a room because their copy is too weak. What's a strong copy? Well, it's a copy that makes people want more. It's a letter that even if your visitor, visitor doesn't register for the event, she'll still get value out of reading it, which, by the, by the way, is the number one thing you, you'll learn when you start studying copywriting, is that people still need to get value out of reading your letter, even if they don't spend a penny with you. Um, it's a letter that talks about all the benefits of attending your event, creates excitement around it, and leaves people a little nervous about not signing up. And I'm not an expert in copywriting. I've studied it. I've done it. But after writing a rough draft, I I still like to send it to a professional copywriter. Now, the book that I consider my absolute best resource for writing great copy is Dan Kennedy's The Ultimate Sales Letter. Uh, The author is Dan Kennedy, The Ultimate Sales Letter. If you just follow his formula, you'll end up with a better copy than you would ever have on your own. And I know you have experience with copywriting, friend. What, what do you do with your sales letters? Yeah, I, I write a lot of my own copy uh, from my days of working with Procter & Gamble. I just really learned a lot about how we got people to buy Crest toothpaste, you know, and how we got people to buy Scope. I learned a lot. Um, and then I also write my own infomercials, and I've written infomercials for people, which is and we should let people know how expensive copywriting is. So it really behooves you to learn how to at least write the first draft, as Milana does, of your copy. But I will write my own copy, and then I will send it to someone as well. Because sometimes you're so close to your writing, and it's very, it becomes formu- very formulaic, which is what copy, which is what great copy is. It's very formulaic. It follows a very precise formula for getting people to click a button or to take action. But I always send it to someone and say, you know, what are you feeling? Because as we know, buying decisions are all emotional. They're all about how people are feeling. They're all about how much they perceive them to be getting benefits by attending your your event or buying your product. So you always want to ask people, if you let someone look at your copy, how are you feeling? What are you moved to do? Because great copy gets people to do something. It's not that they say, oh, that was really well written. It's like, wow, I, I'm, having a, I'm either clicking the button or I'm having a very difficult time not clicking the button. And, so and that's what I like to do. Getting a great copywriter on your team to do this, um, a great copywriter will also help you with a strategy. For example, you know what bonuses to offer at which point. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. early bird pricing? How about uh, you know bring a friend pricing? You know all these kind of options and strategies. A good copywriter can really uh, he or she is also a marketing strategist when it comes to sales letters. Groovy. All right, so we'll go to mine, which is a great low tech way to get people into the room that, quite frankly, only the heavy hitters are using. All of, all of you, if you're not doing this or you don't consider doing this when you start doing your events, you have to use the telephone to get people in the room. And I know nobody likes a telemarketer. We know they're the most hated people on the planet, but they are the most valuable, valuable tool in your arsenal when you want to get people in the room. And I'll tell you, we started, we used the telephone a couple of different ways, so I'm going to kind of give you a bonus here. We used the telephone to follow up with people who maybe called and got information about our event, but for some reason didn't sign up. So we may put those people into a voice broadcast 
So they'll get, if they call like today and say, yeah, we're interested in the event marketing thing that you and Milana are doing, but they didn't sign up, then they'll get a voice broadcast from me and say, hey, this is Fran Harris. I noticed that you were interested in learning more about blah, 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 blah. So it's like a follow-up mechanism, and we get probably converting maybe 30 33% of the people who get that voice broadcast will call us back because at the end of my voice broadcast, I'd say, hey, if this is something you're really, really interested in, I know you are, she would not have called to find out more about it, give us a call. There's a live operator operator standing by or sitting by in that case Mm -hmm. and waiting to talk to you about this event. 30% of those people call back. They call and say, okay, yeah, I'd like more information. But most event promoters never use the telephone because they think, oh, I don't want to bug people. Well, do you want butts in your seats or don't you? Call them. If they've already expressed some interest, they will probably be very receptive to your phone call. So the bonus there is really just using the telephone and and literally just picking up the phone and say, hey, Fran is having an event. I know you're a speaker and you want to – make six or seven figures, but she's going to be coming to your area in Chicago or whatever. And um, if you're interested, we can take care of it right now. We're going to send you to a website. I mean, just a simple phone call. It's no high pressure. It's none of that. It's just a simple reminder, and it's a very personal way to get people excited and to get them to take action. Right. Well, I was probably, I don't know if you heard it, but I would be one of those people who had a heavy sigh when you said telephone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't use a telephone. And I, let me ask you, uh, I, I have not actually used telephone to fill my events. I rely on, on you know, more, um, I want to say, faceless ways mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or more behind-the-scenes ways of, of filling my event. But uh, how much can a telemarketer cost? I mean, what are we talking about in terms of cost? Great question. Great question. Um, they Some people charge a couple ways. They will either put you on what's called like a little retainer. We'll call a certain number of people for $200, you know, a month or something like that. Or some people will – I have a couple of telemarketers who will only charge me for the sale. So they must really believe that they're good at it to only charge me when someone actually signs up. So there are a lot of different ways. You can expect to spend anywhere from – you know, if if we're, when we do radio, we have people who call into our toll-free number. And I remember for one of my events, we spent about $1,100, but that room was full, too. So I know it works. So we had people who were calling from a radio ad who literally got signed up via the telemarketer. So people weren't calling them. They were calling us. And now we have people right now calling people for another event. And they're converting really well. Again, it's about what you said earlier. It's about speaking to people who are already interested. We're not calling people who don't want to make millions as a speaker or who, like you and I are doing right now, who don't want to do very well with events. We're calling people who are very interested in the topic. So the sales call becomes more of a conversation versus one of those calls that you're like, look, I can't talk. I want to, you know, you want to hang up the phone. So (laughs) I've had those. I get those still. So it's expected to cost anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars, and you can hire them. Very important. You can hire them for hours. You can say, you know what, I want to do a test. I want you to call. I have a list of only 100 people. I want you to call. 30 of those people, that should give me an idea, a random, a random sample of my people should give me an idea as to, you know, whatever your parameters or your deliverables are. So a couple hundreds to, you know, thousands, depending on what you want. But you control that. Don't just sign up for a telemarketing campaign. Say, you know, I've got a couple of people I want you to, or I've got a couple of hours that I want you to spend doing this. But it's very, very powerful. And if you hire the right salespeople, um, people will show up. People will say, "Yeah, okay, send me the information," or "Yeah, give me the website." It work. It's it's working great for us right now. Wow. You know, as long as nobody calls me and calls me Monica Lewinsky, which I frequently <laughs> get, <laughs> with, the, with my name so closely resembling, uh, <laughs> I, I usually I, I will not hang up. <laughs> oh, I want to tell great. you real quick. Let's just take a, a, a literally a one minute break. I wanted to tell you guys that there are. 237 people on a, uh, on a line. Um, wow. Literally half of you are listening on the webcast, uh, and the other half is dialing in by uh, on the phone. And clearly this is a very, very important topic. I'm so glad you were able to join. Uh, we have two more mistakes to share with you. Now, I don't know about yours, friend. We actually didn't uh, coordinate, but mine is a real hot one. And I, I want to share that with you in just a moment. Let me tell you real quick that we actually will be holding on July 27 and 28, we'll be revealing much more in-depth details and strategies on how to pack your event. You know, We're going to reveal 15 more simple marketing blunders that will keep your rooms empty. We'll, we'll go over more in-depth marketing strategies and specific tactics to pack your event that don't require any money at all. In fact, I've never yep. actually spent any money on marketing my own events, and I've always had um, 
a full room of people, you know, exactly what I was planning to do. It's interesting that whatever number I set myself to fill, I actually reached that number. So next time I'm just going to set a higher goal. Set it up, yeah. Um, We're going to talk about what to do before and after people sign up to increase the size of your audience and also what to do during your uh, event so that you increase your back-of-the-room sales. We're going to talk about pricing strategies. There were a lot of questions on how to price your events, just right with multiple pricing and payment options, really important. Um, How to attract great speakers for your event if you are planning to be not the only speaker but a multi-speaker event. Uh, The one thing that you must have in place before you start marketing your event, and and it's not a mailing list. We're going to reveal something really important that um, made a big difference in my life. And, friend, you may not even know what I'm talking about, but I'll share that on the call how to increase your registrations by adding one simple thing on your promotional materials. Um, you know, the one mistake that most new event promoters make that forces them to cancel their events. And I've seen events being canceled. Actually, I had a couple of people email me in confidence, you know, ask me, should I be canceling my event at this point? You know, how long do I, do I wait? Um, and, and how to fill, fill your event when everyone is worried about the economy, including high-priced events, by the way. We're going to talk about things like best times and locations to hold your events and um, how to make your – this is my favorite one – how to make live events a part of your overall business growth and acceleration strategy. And if you are completely brand new to events, how to actually get started with your first live event if you've never done one. Um, if you can't attend live, we're holding uh, two um, hours on July 27 and July 28. It's a Monday and Tuesday. If you can't attend live, we'll send you an MP3 recording. Um, so, and if you want to get access to the two more really intensive uh, hours uh, worth of live event marketing and event revenue generating information that you'll never hear us reveal anywhere else, I'm going to give you a link. This is where you can register www.packyourevent.com, packyourevent.com. Now, there were, there were also other uh, things that we were going to share, fr- uh, Fran. Yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, listening to that, I'm thinking about, God, I want to talk about that today, but I'll probably talk about that on Monday or Tuesday. So I will talk about the back of the room. I'll talk about this. One big mistake that people make when they are doing their events, any kind of event, is not having back-of-the-room products, programs, services to offer that your participants, your attendees are already, they're already hungry for. And if you go back to, I don't know which one of my mistakes it was earlier when I talked about asking them what their biggest problems and biggest challenges and biggest questions were, you make your bit. You, you're going to make tons of money by having products, services, and programs that are very much closely related, correlating to those problems and challenges and questions that they have. So if you have an audience, let me just give you an example. Um, I teach a course called Speak and Make Millions. And so some of the challenges that speakers have, of course, are how do I get gigs? How do I raise my fees? How do I get um, how do I get, get into corporations or whatever? I didn't make this stuff up. I asked them, what are some of your challenges? So when I do my speaking events, I create products around the challenges that my audience has already told me they need. So there's no mystery about whether I'm going to sell anything at this event because these people have already told me that these are the problems they have. So I hope you're hearing that, how how simple the formula is for not only filling your room, which we're going to share in the, in the, uh, the next two uh, hours that you're going to be with us on July 27th and 28th, but also taking the mystery out of how do I sell? That was one of the, the questions we kept getting in preparation for this call was how do you sell stuff that people want where well, you ask them and when you ke- and you keep asking them. You never stop asking people what they want, what their challenges are, what their biggest questions and problems are because that is how – that's going to be your product creation blueprint. So I always know when I walk into a room, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to my very targeted audience it doesn't matter, like tomorrow I'm speaking at a Christian chamber of something. I know the people in that audience. I know exactly what they want because they've told me. So the products that we're going to retail at that event are going to be directly related to the questions, problems, and challenges that they have. And so that takes the mystery out of your back-of-the-room sales. You'll always sell something if your products and services are addressing those three areas that I talked about. I got excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> I well, get excited about products, yeah. And a lot of people on the call today are coaches, um, uh, people who are selling coaching programs and maybe higher ticket services, maybe a consultant mm-hmm. package. 
Um, and there is something about offering a high-ticket program or product in the back of the room uh, that works best when you when you sell it from a live event. There is there is just an amazing momentum that you are able to create for people who are right there with you, and you lead up to the moment when they when they start wondering, oh, I hope she's going to offer something. I hope she has <laughs> more because I want to work with her. Yeah, and yeah. Actually, one one of the reasons I go to live events is because I look for resources and mentors to work with to get myself uh, exposed to, um, you know, for continued education. So um, live event is the best venue for you to market your coaching programs, market your consulting packages, whatever it is you're offering. So, did we come up with the, to the last one right now? I think well, we I think a- you must be asking your person because I don't know, apparently. Okay. Here's the last one. Okay. Um, and, and, and it's sort of, um, th- this is the mistake where I can't say if it's the most important or least important, but if you don't understand this, um, you're going to make a lot of other mistakes in your marketing of your event. So here it is not realizing all the sacrifices and other costs that people have to make mm. to travel to a live event. Uh, you know, I became acutely aware of this when I moved from doing exclusively virtual events to doing live events. Yeah. I thought that I'll just announce my event and people will start signing up because I had no trouble doing it when I had held a virtual telesummit. Um, what I didn't realize is that people actually had to travel this time, and travel usually involves many other inconveniences and sacrifices and costs. For example, airfare. You know, you may be charging $1,000 to attend your event, but there is airfare, there is hotel, uh, there is meals. If you are targeting people with children babysitting, for me that's always an issue when I travel to events. Um, Time away from your family. People believe that, uh, you know, especially family-oriented people, it needs to be worth, the event needs to be worth taking time away from their family. And then cost of time away from your business. That's another big cost. If I'm going to be away from my business for three days, this better be worth my time. Yep. I also learned that some people just don't go to live events. They would much (laughs) rather attend virtual events or buy the recording. So the best thing you can do is to market to people who already go to live events, which means that one of the best marketing strategies to get people to come to your live event is to market your event at other events. And that's what I see a lot of smart, big hitters do. They market their event by going and speaking at other people's events. Uh, Now, because it comes with so many sacrifices, it also means that your marketing time needs to be twice as long or even longer than if you were marketing simply a virtual event. Uh, You know, I left Dan Kennedy's and James Malinchik's events uh, over the last 12 months, and I already had a sign-up sheet in my hands for the next year's event because they know that they need to start planting the seed early, early enough for me to put it on my calendar. So please understand that marketing a live event is like marketing no other product or service or teleseminar or anything else because it requires people, after they sign up, to actually do something and, you know, worry about their family and their business and their clients. Uh, I, I have puppies now. If I have to worry about puppies now. <laughs> I don't want to put them in the kennel, so I need to find them a sitter. So the whole idea of traveling to a live event, it creates a lot of other responsibilities. Uh, so make it worth their while. Make it worth their time. Um and as I said, you know, we're going to be talking about so much more in much more detail. For, for example, we have in them in touch um, joint venture strategies um, for, for creating, for filling your event. And that's one of the most powerful ways that I know you succeeded with, Fran, uh, you know, big time. Um, how to create your co- valuable content so people want to come. Uh, but also one of the questions was, which I thought was really smart, how do you build the content of your event without actually giving away the stuff you're going to be selling there, mm-hmm. you know, without spilling the beans of your actual program or product, um, you know, how to do free publicity. Uh, in other words, we're going to cover so many more topics. And, again, we have never – I personally never revealed this information. Yep, of information yep. And you know what? I really I, – I say this with complete – 
complete sincerity. I cannot tell you. I will not tell you. <laughs> I will tell them on the call on the 27th how much money I spent just not knowing, just not knowing, just not having a roadmap, just not having a blueprint. Let me let me tell you, it was enough it was enough for someone's mortgage uh for their entire house purchase. That's how much money I spent in mistakes. I do not want you to make those mistakes. You don't have to make those mistakes. They're they're completely avoidable. But what we're doing right now was not there. In, in preparation for this call, Milani and I researched online. We were looking. We go, somebody's got to be telling people how this is going. And we couldn't find anything. We couldn't find anyone who was really pulling back the curtain, if you will, and, and sharing the down and dirty. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to avoid to make money from the start. You do not have to start in the hole. And that would have been nice to know. It would have been nice to know all the things we're sharing right now could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars. And and, and so, go ahead. You start hearing about these big live events of people who are already well-known, and you wonder, well, how did they get there? How did they Mm -hmm. build their event? And they are not telling you. Uh, You know, all the big hitters out there, all the events that I've ever attended, these people will never share with you the information uh, of, you know, the steps that it took them to build their event. Uh, You know, one thing that I learned from one of the event uh, owners uh, who actually owns three different events is that it takes time to build an event. But I have to Mm -hmm. be honest with you, on my first event, I was, you know, I was blown away that I was able to fill a room, and people couldn't believe that that was my first event. So the truth is, no, it doesn't take a lot, a lot yeah. of time, especially with all the tools and all the mediums in which you can market your event. So, you know, it, it might have taken you 20 years to build, you know, a large event, uh, you know, years ago, but now uh, with all these tools available to you and all these uh, reach points, you can fill even your first event. Yeah. Uh, you know, to 100 to 150 mm-hmm. people, depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking for, um, easily with the right topic, with the right audience, and the right strategies that we're going to share with you in, in even more depth to take advantage of those two hours. No, I mean, I, I think there is a reason, again, that we have over 300 registrants for this call and, and more, and people still coming in, you know, three minutes before the call is over, is because clearly this is a topic that you all are very, very interested in. And as Milana said, we are prepared to tell you everything we know about doing six- and seven-figure events. We've done them. We do them. This is not theory. This is not something we've read. We currently, both of us, do multiple events a year. I do an event at least once a month. So I'm constantly learning. So if this is something you really uh, want to and you should integrate into your business strategy no matter what you do, then I'm going to encourage you to go to milliondollarevents.net right now and let's get connected on how to make your next event an amazing success. That's milliondollarevents.net. I'll see you there. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. I just want to tell you that you have such a tremendous opportunity to make a greater splash in the world. What we've done as athletes, not everyone can do. Most of us understand that. But unfortunately, too few of us are leaving a lot of impact, influence, and income on the table. If you want to learn how we help athletes create and build the careers and businesses of their dreams, visit athletesumeanbusiness.com. I'm 100% sure you'll be glad you did. I'm Fran Harris, and I can't wait to help you become an athlete who means business. See you soon.